episode of Mike Mike and Oscar this is also Mike handling the introductions today because this episode is guest hosted it is the first of two guest hosted episodes by the guys from is it worth it the film review podcast I will be talking to David Long today he is the guy behind the series road to the Oscars a show that I was just on that I have all over our social medias about the Oscar nomination reactions and we did a massive two-hour episode giving you guys a ton more content uh, from anything you heard on MMO uh, for Is It Worth It and their podcast feed. So check that out. Really proud of that show with David there. And uh, we're going to have a second show on the heels of this one with Craig of Is It Worth It reviewing the Snyder Cut. So that is a massive film review diving into a a tough conversation at times, but a fun conversation for much of it as well. That is certainly a movie event that Mike and I wanted us to review. And unfortunately, Mike is not here today. He just has a situation where I'll let him explain it, but it's just one of those where he's a great person and he's taking care of a loved one and he needs to be there uh for her and I, I just I, I really appreciate him and I send my love out to him and his family uh, but just scheduling issues we had to push back a couple episodes that uh, we had planned and, and shake it around but we're going to still attack some things for you guys uh, later this week we're going to do an Oscar locks pod about uh, some categories that we're probably going to lock especially after today's uh, results uh, we're recording this the day after the PGA Awards. We will talk about the WGA Awards, the Writers Guild, and the Producers Guild in this episode with David. We're going to cover five Oscars categories overall, and it's a deep dive into the betting odds, into the gambling odds, into what Vegas says about these Oscars, because David Long is certainly a man who enjoys a wager or three or 70 you'll find out so i really love this chat uh i had with david long of the is it worth it film review podcast uh enjoy and i'll see you guys on the outro all right on the line is david long of the is it worth it film review podcast david this is a long time coming i'm really glad you're here at mmo welcome man oh mate i'm a huge fan of the show have been for a few years it's you know i'm really looking forward to taking this deep dive with you i think it's going to be a blast so thank you so much for having me on i'm i'm really excited well we tag team this google doc is <laughs> enormous and we're going to dive deep into five categories yep. after the pga which tackled three and then after the wga awards which we're catching up with a little bit uh at, at the end of this so okay Nomadland Soul, My Octopus Teacher, those are the big winners at this year's PGA Awards. Promising Young Woman and Borat's subsequent movie film, <laughs> my God, are the two big Writers Guild winners. Uh, we have a lot to analyze, and you, David, have a lot of Mike One's money to lose. <laughs> that, that's so, let's so true. Let's dive right in here. 
<laughs> Mike is listening right now. We love you, Mike. Uh, he's editing, folks, so uh, we miss him. Uh, he'll be back soon. But okay, here we go. Let's dive in. Uh, Here's a quick reminder of those 10-year stats, people. PGA crossovers, uh, two best picture, eight out of the last 10 years, seven out of the last 10 animated features, three out of the last 10 documentary features. So as you can tell, this body, this guild, doesn't necessarily always cross over, but we have some strong indicators, especially in best picture. David, you have an expertise. You are a guru. (laughs) You are a shaman in a very particular area of this world. And it's with Oscars betting. Indeed, yeah. And we're going to lead on you here for <laughs> what the books are saying. And the books are not closed yet. We are not allowing them to be closed Absolutely. Uh, for Nomadland just yet. So we're going to get into those odds. But we have to go through some uh, crossover stats. And some all-time crossover stats is going to paint a different picture for these PGA Awards. Yeah, so, I mean, the all-time crossover stats are really, really interesting, Mike. In the 31 years of the Producers Guild of America Awards, their best picture has crossed over with the Oscars 21 times. That's 21 out of 31 for a 68% crossover. So that's not 80%. That's not the 8 out of 10. That's that Again, it's dropping. So, again, I'm just trying to stir some shit up here. Stir some shit up for all the people who think... That Nomadland's definitely going to walk. We're just going to keep our open minds, I guess I, I should say. So the caveat, obviously, is that this is a very weird year. Uh, does this secondary stat, 21 out of 31, does it give you similar hope? Or are you are you more determined right now? Are you fixing your brain? Are you starting to... I, I talked to you in the pre-production. You're kind of you're kind of a little bummed out right now that Nomadland seems to be running. Yeah, around. we'll 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 get into that later in the show. But I mean, Nomadland is solid, Mike. It's really solid. It was the betting favorite going into the PGAs, and that PGA win, Mike, has just solidified Nomadland as the betting favorite. We'll get onto the odds in a little bit, but but Nomadland is is strong. It's playing. If this was poker, Nomadland has a hell of a strong hand. I think. Uh... I think I got one more stat, though, because I, I, I think this proves definitively that Nomadland will lose. So, <laughs> it also proves that it'll win. All right, listen, this is the problem with these stats. This is why it's conversation fodder. But look, the Critics' Choice Award, it goes back to 95, David. So thank God it only goes yeah. back to 95. I don't have to count further back than that. But there have been 10 films that have won three of the major precursors that Nomadland won. Ten films that have won a Globe, the Critics' Choice Best Picture, and the PGA Best Picture. Eight of those ten films have gone on to win the Oscar. Mm. Now, Nomadland is, of course, the 11th as it won Globe Drama. It won at the Critics' Choice. And then now it has won at the Guild level, at the industry level with the PGA. So, David, the only two films that did not win the ultimate Oscar were minus sans Screen Actors Guild Ensemble Award. Yeah. And that includes 2016 Hidden Figures, when La La Land, which was on the sweep, did not win the SAG Ensemble. And then again, we'll talk about this later too, when Saving Private Ryan was on the sweep, the same sweep that Nomadland is on, and then Saving Private Ryan lost the SAG Ensemble to Shakespeare in love so clearly i am right that nomadland will win and nomadland will lose here um am i welcome to my world mike welcome to the puzzle that is 
Oscars, um, you know, puzzle theory, but more importantly, Oscars betting theory. This, these kind of stats <laughs> make my life hell. <laughs> and but it's a fascinating stat. It's a really interesting stat, actually. And anyone that's on that nomad land is definitely going to win. Train needs to look at that stat and think. You know, this isn't a done deal. Statistically, you know, we we look at those numbers and 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 the figures are there. You know, it's got that. Um, I think it was sixty eight percent crossover. That's that's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's got a chance of losing there, Mike. It's thirty two percent. Yeah, <laughs> chance of losing. <laughs> and by that stat, and then by this other stat, if you're looking at the exception to the quote-unquote rule the exceptions are following the same blueprint uh potentially and we're gonna we're gonna literally match that up especially to the private ryan side but okay how and why did this happen for nomadland nomadland wins at the pgas do you have any theories on why this movie is just uh continuing to do this so my my simple answer mike is that nomadland just keeps winning um and it's (laughs) and it's as simple as that look it won the golden lion at the venice film festival and i and i don't think it's looked back since it's that snowball effect mike it's gaining momentum it's a real force Mm. to be reckoned with and obviously this is really really key with the pga having that preferential ballot with that academy crossover this is this is really really important but the race is by no means over so let's kind of confirm that and i i think that what you have researched here does confirm that it's not over let's look at vegas for best picture what were the betting odds before the pga so before the pga nomadland was one to three minus 300 the trial of the chicago seven mm-hmm. was six to one plus 600 minari 12 to one plus 1200 promising young woman 14 to one plus 1400 mank outside there at 16 to 1 plus 1600 judas and the black messiah was 22 to 1 plus 2200 sound of metal 66 to 1 plus 6600 and the father the real ruffy the rank outsider 80 to (laughs) 1 plus 8000 mike minus 300 to plus 600 that's not a closed race that's not a runaway so to speak we're not locking anything with those betting odds and vegas is protecting themselves with those odds but i i would say that promising young woman or minari those are nice odds to to jump at right but i mean those are I mean, they're they're further from Nomadland than I would have suspected, I guess, if it was just me making the odds here. So I think I'm really against Trial Mm. uh, as, you know, Trial of Chicago 7 as that next one there. However, I understand it and we're going to talk more about it. But do you like to hedge just as a general question here? Do you like to hedge? Would you take a 14 to 1 or a 12 to 1, even a 6 to Mm. 1? with that top of the board or would you, would you even be you know someone who jumps on the the long shots in this situation maybe not like this but you know rewind a mm. while back ago I, I think you actually did do a little hedging. Uh, yeah i did so that's a great question mike <laughs> and and the simple answer is yes hedging is essentially increasing your chance of winning by spreading your bet so you will not win as much but you are more likely to win. Essentially, it's not putting all your eggs in one basket. And I do have a little story for you, Mike. The year Green Book won Best Picture, I was heavily invested into A Star Is Born. And when I mean heavily, I mean I steamed in. I was on hard. Um, But, (laughs) and and going into Globes Night, um, uh, Star Is Born was the even money favorite to win the Globe. 
and and it and it just bombed mm -hmm. out and it lost all momentum but what happened i hedged on green book and i managed to salvage what could have been a disaster mm. so and the interesting thing mike is if you follow the betting lines closely for something like the oscars you can bet multiple films and you can guarantee profit if you look at the lines you look at the maths and you work it out but you've got to play at the right time you've got to be smart and you've got to be quick as well but yeah fundamentally hedging is a good way to try and or to secure profit on the oscars so you're saying you can't lose if you bet it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the gambler in me, Mike. Because people, well, uh, the people are hedging and people are, are putting, spreading money around. You're at the roulette table mm. and you're spreading yeah. money around. You're throwing chips around. Uh, I remember when I was a little kid, I, I went with my uncle and I was just in there for a minute. He's like, listen, don't ever do this. <laughs> and he took a lot of chips. And he was at the roulette table. And I shouldn't even been there, but he was just like, well, I wasn't that much of a kid. I think I was like high school. Anyway, he put, I probably had the beard I had. Now. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't shave, so I, I fit in. But he put like chips on everything yeah. and he lost it so fast. Mm. And maybe that was a lesson. Maybe he was giving me some kind of uh, sly lesson there. I don't know. But uh, that's what I think of when I think of you placing money on all of these movies. But I see the method to the madness yeah. and you did reference the time that it kind of saved you yeah. it saved your pot yeah. there so all right nomadland was minus 300 one to three what's happened since the pga so the betting now is very very interesting post pga mike nomadland is one to four minus 400 the trial of the chicago seven mm. is nine to one plus 900 minari 14 to one plus 1400 promising young woman 14 to one plus 1400 mank 20 to 1 plus 2000 Judas and the Black Messiah 30 to 1 plus 3000 Sound of Metal mm. 66 to 1 plus 6600 and The Father 80 to 1 plus 8000 and in a second I will touch upon what ones have moved why they've moved and what it means so Nomadland's van as Mike one put it it's got that Hemi <laughs> in it and it's kind of pu it's pulling away. I mean, you don't think that van is as fast as it is, but Fern did not mess around when she souped it up and she's driving away from the field. She's here. burning rubber, Mike. She's she's going hard here. She's doing 90 in a 30 zone. She's going to get a speeding ticket. She's going to be pulled over. Um, yeah, she's 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 pulling away, no doubt. All right, so you got to help me read these lines. I, I think... I, I'm getting the gist of it, but yeah. there's there's some fascinating things happening in the middle here. So how do you read this betting line movement? Yeah, so Mike, there has been some movement, as you would expect, and Nomadland has just really firmed up now as the favourite for best picture. So Nomadland was 1 to 3, minus 300. That's now come down into 1 to 4, minus 400. Everything else is now weaker and on the drift. The trial of the Chicago 7 has drifted from 6 to 1, plus 600, out to nine to one plus 900 minari mank and judas have also drifted what does that mean it means their price has got bigger suggesting they are much less likely to win so overall vegas is just affirming what we sort of already know nomadland's best picture chances have definitely increased and the market is i've been following it today and since since we did this google doc and since we had a chat in the you know over the last couple of days nomadland continues to see plenty of money and the market is definitely in favor of, of nomadland it definitely appears so 
but I cannot resist the devil's advocacy <laughs> here. And I, but, but here, I want to play a reasonable devil, yeah. devil's advocate because I do think there is a case, like we talked about with those exceptions, where unfortunately it has to be the trial of the Chicago 7 right now, mm. I would think, at least in terms of my reasonable argument, unless something totally batshit off the wall happens. Chicago, Chicago 7 has got to be the one that wins this, the next two to get back in this mm. race. And I, I say that because Chicago seven seems to be the SAG favorite yeah. for ensemble. And we'll talk about BAFTA in a minute, but it's nominated for BAFTA yeah. at least. So we have Chicago seven able to win the next two. Now the moonlight exception over La La Land, that doesn't really help us as much with, with the example, but when Shakespeare in love defeated private Ryan, they came roaring back, David yeah. with, the SAG Ensemble, and the BAFTA Best Picture. So I, I'm kind of afraid to ask this <laughs> question, but I, I, I already you know, I already said that you had the line. So you found BAFTA and SAG betting I odds. did indeed, yeah. Uh, um, and What the hell are we doing that we're talking about precursor betting odds for all of these in one segment? But here we go. My, Mike is a pig and shit right now. He's loving this. He's happier than pig and shit. All right, listen. Trials chances at upsetting Nomadland. What are they numerically? Can, let's let's start with the SAG. Well, for SAG Ensemble, the betting odds are very very interesting. The Trial of Chicago Seven is four to nine minus two two five. Minari is second favorite, mm. eleven to pl- eleven to four plus two seven five. Mm-hmm. Then you've got three sort of outsiders looking in. Mulraney's Black Bottom nine to one plus nine hundred. One Night in Miami twelve to one plus twelve hundred. And the Five Bloods fourteen to one plus fourteen hundred. So the Trial of Chicago Seven at minus Minus two two five. The bookies, Vegas is saying that the trial is going to win SAG Ensemble, and if that happens, Mike, mm. it's it's you know it's back in the race. It's a it's a contender again. It's conceivable yeah. at that point. So we're looking at Chicago Seven in that second place, yeah. and if it does hold serve in this instance and it wins yeah. SAG Ensemble, then you would imagine this next betting line will change a little bit, going from the 4th of April to the 11th when we have SAG to BAFTA now. So what are the BAFTA betting odds? Nomadland's a favorite again. Yeah, right? BAFTA betting odds. Nomadland is 2 to 5, which is minus 250. The Trial of the Chicago 7 is 100 to 30 or plus 333. Promising Young Woman is 9 to 1 plus 900. The Father, 16 to 1 plus 1600. And the Mauritanian on the outside looking in 25 to 1 plus 2500. Obviously, if... If the Trial of the Chicago 7 wins SAG Ensemble, you would expect the Trial of the Chicago 7's line to come down, and you would expect the Trial mm-hmm. of the Chicago 7 to be more of a contender come BAFTA. But, but, I mean, BAFTA's going to be interesting. I mean, the BAFTA Awards this year uh, are pretty crazy. Um, me and Craig, I was mm-hmm. I was shocked, Mike, when I saw some of those nominees come in, but that's a chat for a different day. But yeah, so it, it's possible that the trial could win SAG Ensemble, and then it could gain a bit of momentum in going into BAFTA. We've seen Nomadland out front, but it is not the betting favorite that Chadwick Boseman no. is. This is not the betting favorite that Chloe Zha no. is in director. It is not uh, at a number that is just uh, unbeatable. So, it, yeah, we'll see the numbers kind of – we'll see Trial of the Chicago 7 get closer to, to Nomadland if it's if it does, in fact, do what it's supposed to do. But I, I you mentioned it. Minari is, is looking – looking okay right yeah. there plus 275 at sag and promising young woman's looking better at bafta than it is at oscar 
with plus 900 versus plus 1400. So that's fascinating too. All right. Best picture, Nomadlands to lose. And I think if we were betting men and and one of us definitely (laughs) is, you're at this point, at this point, is it worth putting money on Nomadland with those odds? I mean, minus 400, one to four, Mike, means you've got to put $400 on to win 100. So you get 500 Mm. back. And I was speaking to someone about this the other day. I don't know what interest rates in the banks are like in America, but (laughs) this is the gambler in me. (laughs) But interest rates in the UK suck. (laughs) Like if you put £400 in a bank, you're not going to get £100 off of them. So if you like betting at short odds, then yeah, I suppose Nomadland is an option. So you're saying that if it goes sideways, you're living in a van. If it goes and, sideways, uh... I'm become yeah. Imagine that I become a nomad because I put all my money on Nomadland. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> That's perfect. All right, so let's change gears for a second to the animated feature race. Pixar's Soul won the PGA award, David, and you know things may be lining up for Soul now. Mike and yeah. I are going to do an Oscar Locks show, and we're now considering. The animated feature as one of those locks for next week so that's probably because the pga has got a good track record 11 out of the last 15 animated feature oscar winners have first won the pgas that's 73 percent so odds makers they have as far as we know they have not released new odds mm. for uh animated feature yet but when we had them last I mean, again, to, to show people the difference between Nomadland and Soul here, what were those odds? And it, and it does look like Soul's running away. Yeah, correct? Soul was minus 588. Wolfwalkers was 5 to 1, plus 500. Onward, 14 mm. to 1, plus 1400. Over the Moon, 20 to 1, plus 2000. And a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, if you are a madman and you fancy that to win, <laughs> you can take 25 to 1 plus 2,500, but these, we couldn't find sort of Mm -hmm. up-to-date post-PGA betting lines, but I can tell you for a fact that that, that Seoul will be be shorter now. Seoul is a lock, like it's winning. Seoul is winning. Those it's going to be shorter, meaning it is going to be minus seven hundred or minus nine hundred yeah, or something like that. I would say so. Uh, it's going to be a heavy, heavy favorite, and Mike and I are going to be tempted to lock it. And this is where you need to understand interest rates if you are going to bet on Seoul. <laughs> <laughs> An animated feature. All right. All right. So let, let's move on to documentary. And as always, we have a conversation about documentary because I think. This is just the wonkiest category ever. And they proved me right yet again because My Octopus Teacher, which is a very good yeah. film. I, I love My Octopus Teacher. I did when I reviewed it. But all the pundits have been like, especially the pundits that I trust, they've been against My Octopus Teacher. Like there was one pundit that we've had on the show earlier this year. She she was like, no, anything <laughs> but this movie will be nominated for an Oscar. And she's had to eat some crow, unfortunately. So... My Octopus Teacher wins the PGA Award. However, I mentioned the the 10-year the stat before, but you're going to mention the all-time stat, yeah. which is not much more. It's just three more years. But let's let's not throw a parade in Atlantis <laughs> just yet. So what, what what's that crossover, David? The PGA Awards have only selected five of the last 13 Oscar winners for Best Documentary mm. Feature. That's a measly 38%, Mike. All right. What insanity is going to you know, happen in this branch going forward. I don't know. It could just follow suit and it just could be this movie and that would be insane enough. But all right. How (laughs) cursed is your life? (laughs) 
or blessed. Maybe you're so good at this that you are a blessed individual. What contemptible creature would actually have the audacity to defy God and man and documentary film branch and bet this, Dave? <laughs> well, the simple answer is me, Mike. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna touch upon the betting line shortly. But both me and my dad last night were quick out the oh, stalls no. as soon as the yeah. octopus teacher won the PGA. I was on my, mo- I was on my mobile phone. I was on my laptop. I was looking up betting odds for mm. the Oscars, and I've got on at a price, and I'm happy. But it's got to win, I... and those stats are worrying. I hope you're happy, and I hope. Uh... <laughs> I hope everything works out for you in the end. <laughs> I just, you know, this category has been the Chaos. hardest to predict for years. So, may, but I tell you, maybe that's where you make money. Maybe it's like a real estate market mm. after a economic downturn. You gotta, you, you gotta use chaos. Yeah. It's the economy after a war or something. I mean, you gotta bet when there's chaos because then the odds makers don't necessarily know. Did I talk you back into it immediately? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just like All betting. Right, so. <laughs> All right, so, David, we do have odds for this, and they have changed. Mm. This is the craziest part to me. Not only are there odds, but they have changed here. What the hell is happening with the documentary pre- and post-PGA? So it's really, really fascinating. There's been a a lot of movement in the market, as you would expect. So time was 4 to 5, minus 1, 2, 5. Now it's drifted out Mm -hmm. to even money. Collective was 9 to... Can you explain even money? So even money is if you put a hundred dollars on, you win a hundred dollars, so you get a hundred you get two hundred dollars back. So you're doubling so, okay, your money. So basically you're doubling your money. Yeah. Okay, so gotcha. time was a negative minus one two five. Now it's even money. Collective was nine to four plus two two five. Now that's gone out to five to one plus five hundred. Crip Camp, which I'm a big, big fan of, was thirteen to two mm. plus six fifty. Now it's fourteen to one plus fourteen hundred. And the mole agent was twenty two to one plus two thousand two hundred. And now it's twenty five to one plus two thousand five hundred. So yes, the big one, the the market mover might was my octopus teacher, <laughs> which was nine to one plus 900 and it's gone from nine to one plus 900 to two to one plus 200 and that's a huge move for the octopus michael it's it's a smash-up job in the betting it's and and me and my dad jumped on very very early and we got eight to one and six to one and it's now two to one so hey look it hasn't won but we've got a good price and we're happy i am happy for you i will say (laughs) but i am worried I'm just, I'm more worried for you than I am happy for you. But here's the thing, like, all right, if you lose a little money on my octopus teacher, you could still kind of watch my octopus teacher and enjoy Mm. it. Does does that help at all? Or do you just hate that? If you lose money on a movie, if that's the thing, if you lose the movie, are you like my co-host? If you lose the the bet on the movie, are you? Do you have grudges like my co-host does? And not only do you hate the film forever, <laughs> but you also hate the animal that the film is based on forever? I, nothing <laughs> could make me hate that little octopus. What a wonderful <laughs> lady she was. What a fine performance she gave. So everything else is weak in the market. My octopus and, and, and my octopus teacher is strong. And the good thing is, Mike, we spoke earlier about hedging your bets. Because we've got on at mm-hmm. six to one and eight to one, and it's now two to one, I can play a little bit of 
some money on a few others and try and ensure that whatever wins are making some money on this category. That's the theory. In practice, it will probably all go wrong. The mole agent will win <laughs> and I'll be in tears. <laughs> the mole beats all the right. octopus. But th- no, this is, that's fascinating. So here's where, where you hedge and here's yeah, where you can absolutely. You know, hopefully make some money. All right. So I, I remember watching My Octopus Teacher when it came out on Netflix. And it, was, it was just a watch where I was bored. And Netflix had a nature documentary and never in a million years would I have thought that that nature documentary that popped up on Netflix Mm. randomly on a weekend would be something that would contend for the Oscar. But here we go. A sad man and an octopus. (laughs) They're going to be at the Dolby Theater or Union Square. And yeah, they're going to be accepting an Oscar, perhaps. I, I can't believe it. Look. That is how this year should end. It should end with an octopus and a trophy. <laughs> That's what we deserve. All right. WGA will be our last topic today, David. Uh, let's move to these Writers Guild of America awards. What happened in original screenplay? So Emerald Fennell of Promising Young Woman won, and she bested three other Oscar nominees, including The Trial of the Chicago 7, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Sound of Metal. Minari is our final Oscar nom for original screenplay, but Lee Isaac Chung's script was ineligible at the WGA. That nomination was taken by Palm Springs. So this is an important uh, precursor award as well here because the WGA uh, has crossed over to the Oscars 23 out of the last 36 years for 64% since 1983. Uh, And I mean, look, the recent history isn't great, but it's still 60 something percent. Uh, Five out of the last 10 years, 13 out of the last 20. Uh, But we're going to really kind of take this stat and morph it out later where it becomes even more important i kind of jumped the gun on the importance but uh it tells me you know don't go off copy don't go off <laughs> Mike. what are you doing all right one of those wins though one of those five or one of those five losses i should say moonlight won here an original and it ended up winning adapted on the oscar side of things i'm going to give that credit in the adapted side when we get there but david we had aaron sorkin win the combined category at the golden globes best screenplay Mm. and that's you know adapted and original emerald fennel has won the critics choice and now the wga so here's where that stat actually gets much more important yes when an original screenplay has won both the critics choice and writers guild awards the the writer has gone on to win the oscar that has happened nine times since 1995 Mm. and all nine times have resulted in an oscars win so yeah that's what i was getting at so clearly this is a great statistic for emerald fennel and promising young woman uh, but the you know the WGA crossovers not such a great statistics or at least compared to the seventy percenters that we get later on or even the PGA noms eighty out of eighty eight you know that's a mm. you know ninety percenter uh, crossover for the nomination statistic but this is sixty four percent so this is not a done deal either uh, I mean that's two thirds that's a third variancy so before we discuss. Uh, the betting odds on this category, though, how, how do you view these original screenplays as a film critic? I, critic, I think you got a favorite or two in here. Yeah, right? it's a it, you know it's a great category, and it's one that I look forward to studying more as we dive into these reviews mm. on our show. But the, the one I'm really hot on is Judas and the Black Messiah. 
Um, you literally hang on every word in that film. Um, and the amazing contrast between the powerful speeches and those intimate scenes between Fred and Deborah. Like we saw the trailer. For me, it was the trailer of the year. I said on my show, if, if, if Oscars could be given to trailers, that trailer deserved an Oscar. It just blew me away. Um, but then you get into the film and you get these, these tense, slow burning scenes with Fred and Deborah. And the scenes with Jesse Plemons and Lakeith Stanfield, not only are they superbly acted, but they are incredibly written. And for me, second in that category would be Chicago 7. I think it's a slick mm. and clinical script. Um, we actually said on our review, maybe it's a little too polished. Maybe it's a little too well executed because mm. it just doesn't quite sit right with you. So, yes, I'm hot on Judas and I do like the script in Trial as well. I, I would agree with you that the uh, the highs of the Chicago 7 script are, are, are phenomenal superlatives on the air. Jimmy, just those first 10 minutes, yeah. the way he introduces all seven characters, it, it, you know, you, you got to be Aaron Sorkin or no, the, nobody else can introduce them like he did there. So uh, I, I, I think that's uh, a real high mark. And then the, uh, uh, you know, there's a couple scenes at the end that are just phenomenal. Judas, though, yeah, Judas sat with me and mm. Judas really changed my mind about things and, and worked on me emotionally as well. So I, I, I'm with you on, on a lot of that. And uh, that, so that, that's cool. So you got a couple rooting interests there. Uh, Promising Young Woman has also been something that we, we've praised uh, throughout the year uh, as, a, as a great script uh, with the caveat that I, I would say, you know, there, there's some blowback on it. And, and, and there's some... Here's the thing about Promising Young Woman script. I feel like, I feel like, you know, I'm ignorant of the blowback because I haven't faced what people have faced out there. So there's trigger warnings with with Promising Young Woman. So people do be aware of yeah. that and do be sensitive of that. And and certainly, uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it's the same for Judas and the Black Messiah. So this is a heavy category, and it's definitely worth studying. So I'm I'm glad you're going to do that. So. Let's get back to our debaucherous selves <laughs> after getting serious. <laughs> after getting serious for one short moment and showing people our mm. soft underbellies, but we have to get back to the debauchery here and let's talk about the betting odds, David. Yeah, so the betting odds for original screenplay before the WGA and after the WGA is actually fascinating because we had two clear favourites in The Trial of the Chicago 7 and Promising Young Woman, and they've actually flip-flopped, so they've changed. The Trial of the Chicago 7 was 813 minus 162, so it was the favourite. It's now 13 to 8 plus 162. Promising Young Woman was 6 to 5 plus 120, and after after um, Emerald Fennell's, Fennell's win, she's the new favourite at 1 to 2 minus 200. So we had two clear favourites for the Oscar, but they've actually changed. So Promising Young Woman is now the favourite over the trial of the Chicago 7. And is there some kind of algorithm that's creating these 162 numbers, or is it just the bookies trying to mess with your it, brain? Is it subliminal? It's it's frustrating. Eight to thirteen minus one sixty two. I know Mike One hates those kind of numbers. It's the bookies <laughs> trying to confuse you. Don't be confused. Um, it's 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 just the bookies playing tricks on you. 
And if you're paying attention, they just flipped yeah, it. They That's basically they literally flipped um, and changed around. So the trial was the favourite, but now Promising Young Woman is the favourite. Otherwise, you know, Minari drifted from 9 to 1, plus 900, out to 16 to 1, plus 1600. Sound of Metal was 20 to 1, plus 2000, and is now 25 to 1, plus 2500. And Judas and the Black Messiah, if you fancy that, that's gone from 20 to 1, plus 2000, and it's now 25 to 1, plus 2500. So... It's definitely a two-horse race, but it's it's mm -hmm. it's even the, even Vegas Mike doesn't know really. They've got they've got promising young woman as favourite, but Aaron Sorkin is a very interesting um, angle just just in behind. He's formidable because he won the Golden yep. Globe when it was one category, and that has a that has a good crossover. And there's no question about it. But it's early in the season. Yeah, I, I expect that they expect some momentum for Trial of Chicago 7 before it's all over. And it probably comes with SAG, unless, you know, Minari pulls that yeah. upset, I guess. I mean, but then again, you know, we've seen SAG go for Crazy Rich Asians, mm. right? And then go for Black Panther. Yeah. And, no, anyway, Black Panther, and uh, which had a best picture. I'm trying to think. They went somewhere where there was not a best picture. Was that Crazy Rich Asians? <sighs> Off the cuff, I'm... I'm in a tight I'm one off. There. I forget. I'm in, <laughs> anyway, SAG has gone and surprised us in the past. Yes. Parasite, Black Panther, I would say was probably the bigger surprise uh, in a while. Uh, but you, so I guess you never know is what I'm saying. Minari might also get some kind of an anti-snub campaign. I mean, we've mm. seen that happen before, too. I mean, and, and the SAGs have done it in other categories for sure. Uh, I'd have to look at the ensemble history. But okay. How do you read Vegas with this uh, before the P the WGA one favorite? Now, obviously, promising young woman that that win matters a lot. Yeah, that 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 win is really really important, and and Vegas has responded by making promising young woman the one to two minus two hundred favorite. But the Aaron Sorkin line, he won the Globe. You know, he, he's he's some of the you know one of the best writers there is. That's an interesting angle, and 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 I can see the Sorkin line shortening come Oscars Sunday because I think there will be a lot of people that will want to take on hmm. um, Promising Young Woman in that category. I hope not, but perhaps yes. I don't know. It's it's another hmm. one of those categories that's still open and the numbers are close. Minus 162, plus 160. I mean, it, they're close. So, all right. Yeah. Let's head into the adapted screenplay category here, David, where I, <laughs> I did not expect this conversation today, but Borat's subsequent movie film has won the Writers Guild of America Award in the adapted side, it, it won over other Oscar nominees, One Night in Miami and The White Tiger. Borat 2 also beat Oscar snubs, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and News of the World. So, David, we have an Oscar crossover here as well. Yeah, 24 of the last 36 WGA winners have gone on to win the Adapted Screenplay Academy Award. Though we do think Moonlight should get a crossover credit here, so let's call it 25 of 36, which is a 69% crossover, nice. including 8 of the last 10, Michael. Yeah, so this is a stat that actually is more meaningful with that added Moonlight number and 69%. Mm. I mean, that's a, it's a bigger number, just flat out bigger number. And uh, this is how these stats plays. This is how they play with my mind, David. I'm already <laughs> 64, 65. What am I saying? But I, I, it does. It matters. It, it matters that it's a little more and it affects my brain. So it's probably good. I'm not just shelling out cash right now. All right. <laughs> this stat goes back to 1983, which is as far back 
is I could go to keep my sanity, and thankfully that's as far back as it goes because the WGA, <laughs> yeah, they they had genre awards before uh, 1983 because adapted and an original was the Oscar standard, but they changed to that. Before that, they had you know best comedy, best musical for a while there, and they had as many as five best uh, screenplay categories in 1948 and in the late 40s, early 50s there. So, David, Nomadland and The Father were not eligible when Borat 2 won. So there's been a lot of film Twitter debate on what that means and who should get credit and how much we should value Borat 2 and how much we should value the absence of Nomadland or The Father because Mm. they're going to be formidable at the Baptist coming up. So how do you view this Sasha Baron Cohen win for Borat subsequent movie film? And and why do you think it won with the WGA? I think it's really interesting just to touch upon what Sasha Baron Cohen said when accepting the award for adapted screenplay. He said, I can't help but think we won it because 60% of the Writers Guild worked on this movie. (laughs) 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 Like 10? I think, you know, there was a lot lot of people on that. Um, look, a film like Borat 2 is extremely hard to write and how much of it was actually down on the paper, how much was improvised is a fascinating angle. And, but they do deserve some credit here. I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely curious to see how the Academy is going to treat Borat 2 at the end of the day and if they're going to add points for Maria Bakalova, add points for the fact that they rewrote this movie to fit in the pandemic yeah. Uh, to the script and they had rewrites to do that and they totally did a 180 on whatever plot they're going for and I, I think maybe people look at that and they say hey this is still a smooth composition with all the rewrites and that's just so hard to do so all right that's our angle as film critics where we have nothing but questions what does vegas say about adapted screenplay so the, again, the the odds are very very interesting. Nomadland was one to four minus four hundred, and it stayed there hmm. after the WGA. It stayed there, so it fundamentally it held serve despite that Borat win. The Father five to one plus five hundred, and that's drifted a bit to six to one plus six hundred. One Night in Miami um, was moved from seven to one before the WGA plus seven hundred to eleven to one yeah. plus one thousand one hundred. And the White Tiger was already a long shot at 25 to 1 plus 2,500 and is now a longer shot at 28 to 1 plus 2,800. So the big story is the WGA adapted winner, Borat subsequent movie film. And this is a huge move, Mike. This is the kind of thing that gets me excited. Um, <laughs> shows how sad I am. Borat subsequent movie. <laughs> Borat's subsequent movie film was 25 to 1 for the Oscar, plus 2,500. But now Borat is 8 to 1, plus 800, or as short as 5 to 1, plus 500. So anyone that thinks that Borat doesn't have a chance of the Oscar, it does. It's an 8 to 1 shot. It's gone from 25 to 1 into 8 to 1, and it's fascinating. And this is why they build the big casinos, right? And the the casinos Mm. are essentially hedging right now in a way and they're protecting yeah. themselves right now in a way so they, absolutely yeah they got a lot of bets on 25 to 1 people hedging previously and now they have yeah. they have changed those odds dramatically 
and shorten mm. them down to five to one in some cases. So it's still yeah. it's still far from minus four hundred. Nomadland is still a yes. commanding favorite, right? I would say commanding. Absolutely. But I I, I think mm. people are salivating at that you know, plus 500 line for Borat 2 now, and for good reason, because they have some stats to back it up. So, all right, I guess I'll put it to you this way. How shocked would you be at an upset right now of Borat 2 over Nomadland? I I would still be very, very shocked. I think, yeah, I, I would still be shocked. I still, look... You know, let's not get too carried away. Um, Nomadland remains the one to four minus four hundred favorite. That's that's strong. Mm. Um, but you you know, there's bound Borat having won that at WGA. There's bound to have been a move. Vegas has to protect itself. It has to shorten those lines to limit its losses or maximize its profit, whichever way you look at it. Um, but no, Nomadland fundamentally holds serve as its price hasn't moved. So I would be surprised, but I still think this is this is Nomadland's to lose really. I want to agree with everything you say there, and I uh, I hope I hope you're kind of right because I don't I don't want to be <laughs> wrong to the people that I would be wrong to on film Twitter who delight mm. in uh, often you know being the opposite of us, and I en- I enjoy the film Twitter banter, but yeah I know I, I'm competitive I'm com- I'm a competitive guy and so mm. is Mike so all right I'd be very curious to know about the BAFTA odds in this category, but thankfully there's an angel out there not allowing you to have at these yet. So I, I couldn't find (laughs) betting odds for BAFTA adapted screenplay, but in, in my search, Michael, I did find betting odds for the weight of Harry and Meghan's baby. Um, but yes, folks, believe it or not, you can bet on that kind of shit. And also, Glenn Close is two to one to win the Razzie, Michael. What a mess. So She's second favorite, two to one. So what is a parlay again? Is that four or is that three? I believe it's what we would call an accumulator here in the UK. So it's a multiple bet. So yeah. your first bet goes on to the second, then the second goes on to the third. So you could play a double. You could bet um glenn close to win the razzie and glenn close to win the oscar i mean that would be just crazy if that happened i mean (laughs) film twitter would collapse so if she wins the razzie the oscar and it's an eight pound baby you know right on the button (laughs) like what, what would that get us that would get us a lot of money I mean, I could put that bet on, and if it lands, we're both going to the Bahamas because it would pay big. <laughs> so, all right, and I'm sure the father would just win and, and upset everything at that point. Uh, Probably, uh, yeah. An adapted screenplay, and we'd lose so much there that we couldn't make money on the Glenn Close mm. and the baby bet. Oh, my God. This is a fascinating <laughs> discussion. Look, uh, I do want to ask your opinion as a film critic because you guys do a beautiful uh, movie review podcast as well. So what do you think of this particular category the, in the in adapted screenplay? you have any favorites? You know, I'm, I'm happy in many ways to see the White Tiger nominated here. Me and Craig gave this film a, a pretty decent review. And whilst as an overall piece, it does have its issues, mm. the screenplay was very, very strong. Look... One Night in Miami is a script-heavy piece and a worthy nom. Um, I think Nomadland is directed beautifully and it's visually stunning, particularly with that use of golden hour. Mm-hmm. But for me, the script isn't the film's strongest point. It's one of the weaker elements. Um, don't get me wrong, Mike. It's it's a great script, mm. but minus 400 worthy, I'm not so sure. Um, 
I think from the nominees, my favourite script um, would have to be One Night in Miami, which is 11 to 1 plus 1,100. So it's very unlikely to win. But I was a big, big fan of the One Night in Miami script. And again, we had issues with, there was one particular part of that film where things slowed down and got a bit messy. But overall, One Night in Miami, the script, the acting, um, yeah, big, big fan of the script in One Night in Miami. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if the fact that Soul is winning and Ken Powers can get credit elsewhere if we got mm. Oscar puzzle theory working there, I, I I don't know. I think uh, I think I'm 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 with you on a lot of that. And and Nomadland script uh, probably wouldn't be what I would reward, but at the same time, yeah, it looks like I mean these numbers are looking like that this is going to be a shower of awards for Chloe Zha at the moment. Uh, we'll yeah. see if it comes through. But here is one final stat of, of for adapted screenplay. Or excuse me, two final stats. I did a hypothetical because I I effed up and I did I thought it won anyway <laughs> what if uh Nomadland was eligible for the WGA and it won here I mean the last five films that have won all three WGA choice and USC scripter as the third big adapted screenplay award precursor five uh out of the five last five times that has happened it has won so I guess you know if you do the you know thing where you say well if Nomadland was here and it wins probably then now you got a sweeper but Nomadland was not here so I have to resort to the critics choice and mm. USC scripter combination that combination is not so good David we have six of the last nine times that a film has won both of those critics choice and USC scripter six of the last nine times it's gone on to win the Oscar. There have been three, there have been three exceptions to that rule. Little women last year, uh, 2009's up in the air and 1996 is the English patient would all go on to lose the Oscar after winning the choice and scripter. So, all right, we're probably quite the pair of lunatics with all this <laughs> deep dive, with all these deep dives. But are, are you enjoying the double stats there? What do you make of them? I'll be honest, Mike. I think we've lost our marbles. I'm like now with those stats. I'm like Alan from The Hangover, just numbers flowing through my head. I'm stuck in the casino, believing I can beat the house. It's it fascinating stats, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just Alan in The Hangover right so, now. Yeah, you you're basically telling me that Nomadland's looking good, and uh, I think it's looking pretty so, solid. So yeah. you're taking. You're, you're taking the tack now where you're asking about interest rates is what is what's happening. <laughs> oh, God. Back on that game. Okay. Yeah. All right. Look, it, uh, you have to bet best picture and you have, you have to bet original screenplay. And I don't know if you have in that one, but all right. If you did have to bet all three of these picture screenplay, uh, original screenplay adapted, how are you betting at this point? Are you changing anything? Are you letting things ride? Where are you at? So this is where I reveal I've already backed Judas and the Black Messiah to win Best Picture. Mm. I backed it at 40 to 1. Oh. I thought I was, yeah, I got a really good price on that. I thought I was sitting on a good thing, but that looks like money wasted. Judas and the Black Messiah looks like a bit of a dead duck in this Oscar race. But look, it's not over till it's over. As it stands, Mike, mm. I'd be all over Aaron Sorkin at 13 to 8 plus 162. And dare I say it, dare I say it, the gambler in me, Mike, yeah. I'm a gambler. I'm a I'm a terrible human being. <laughs> Borat at 8 to 1 plus 800 to send shockwaves through film Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, but look, 
For Best Picture, Nomadland is 1 to 4, minus 400, and that implies an 80% chance of winning. Yeah. So if you like short-priced favourites, then Nomadland is the one to go for, but I just can't. I don't have the money, Mike, to bet at that kind of <laughs> at that kind of price. So for me, I'm, I'm praying that Judas somehow comes from, from way out left field and, and causes some crazy upset. So you're actually <laughs> being responsible. You're not pulling more money out of your pocket necessarily for no. Nomadland. You're just letting whatever's out there. I've accepted defeat in that category. I will win in others. <laughs> I am impressed. And I had so much fun today, David. So uh, listen, yeah. as we sign off here, please remind uh, the folks uh, where they can find you on the internet and where they can find the Is It Worth It podcast. Yes, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been a big fan of your show for years so to come on it is an absolute blast for me you can find me on twitter at one david long and please do check our podcast out is it worth it go to the website www.isitworthitpodcast.com we're also available on all good podcasting apps including apple podcasts so if you want to hear two british guys review films <laughs> then please come and check us out well i i could testify to it it's a great show and you guys do a wonderful job and a lot of the same you know favorite guests that we have on mmo or on uh, on your show as well and, and many more yeah and uh you and craig do an awesome job so thank you again buddy cheers mike thank you so thanks go out to david long of the is it worth it film review podcast uh make sure you guys seek that out uh follow us on social media and you will find their links to all their great stuff and uh, certainly uh, make sure you guys subscribe and listen and rate and review all that stuff really matters uh, for for a group of great guys growing their audience and they have and they and they will and uh, I'm I'm thrilled to be one of their guests uh, on the show and I, I did the Oscar nomination reaction show like I mentioned atop this episode so check that one out for certain but Andrew Morgan of the Nomcast has been a guest for their best director pod that still holds up to this day because they're talking a lot about Chloe Zha etc so make sure you check out all their great work they do a movie review bundle show which is pretty awesome because it uh it gives you guys a bunch of non-spoiler reviews. It's it's stuff that you guys turn out for when you click on MMO for certain. So uh, please check them out and uh, you won't regret it. They do a great job. Uh, as for us, we are at MM and Oscar on Twitter. We are Mike, Mike and Oscar on Facebook, Instagram, and, and at Gmail. Mike, Mike and Oscar.com is in the works and we're making headway on it. I promise. It's just a lot to do. It's just a lot to do. It's so much more to do than I ever thought possible, but it is going to happen, and you will have an episode catalog for all our stuff. You'll have a few other things uh, that we'll, we want to write and that we have been writing and uh, a lot of cool stuff on the site. It won't be the comprehensive awards show, everything that uh, some other sites are able to do, but it is going to be our brand and something that we're already really proud of and that we're proud to, to give you guys at some point working hard on it. So look out for Mike, Mike and Oscar.com and certainly look out for the, the next episode we do, which will review the Snyder cut with Craig of the, is it worth it film review podcast? It is a, an incredible conversation. We've already recorded it. It's a bit, clunky for me at times but i'm searching for i'm searching for how to contextualize that film and i think that's the important thing contextualizing what a big movie event the snyder cut was and i will 
come down on it in certain ways, and I will praise it in certain in other ways. And and you have a, a unique view from from Craig, I think. And it's it's fascinating how his view changes throughout that episode. And it's just it's it's a great conversation. So check that out next. After that, like I said, Mike and I will be back in the saddle. I'm going to use as many horse metaphors with him as I can. Uh, we will be back in the saddle to do more uh, award show reactions. We got the DGAs and then the Screen Actors Guild coming up the following week is BAFTA. But we also are booking a bunch of great guests for these category overview pods, these category previews. It's a series we do every year. You know it. You love it. It's some of our be- uh, you know most hits. Uh, in, in the history of our podcast, but certainly the busy season that uh, we all look forward to. And a lot of these categories are wide open, so it's a lot of great stuff to talk about. Like we mentioned today, there's a, there's a bunch of good races as well. So a lot of stuff to dive deeply into. Thank you to David Long once again, and uh, we will see you guys very soon. Bye.